0: Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Are you ready to get in the Word together this morning? If you are, turn with me to Luke's Gospel, the second chapter. Luke chapter 2, and we're going to wrap up this evening our third of three in our series, Christmas Is... You know, a couple of weeks ago, I told you guys that uh, this time of year, I'm kind of uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, I have to watch Hallmark movies, (laughs) and you know, I was telling I was telling the folks a couple of weeks ago that inevitably, in the course of one of those movies, somebody's going to jump up and they're going to say, "Well, Christmas is." And they're going to begin to define what Christmas is. And sometimes they're on point and sometimes it's just an extenuating factor of of a deeper truth. Uh, But we wanted to take a look at Scripture and really hone in on a few things that Christmas really is. Uh, Week one we looked at the experience of Simeon as he beheld the Christ child for the first time. And realized then in that moment that it was then and only then that he was prepared for whatever came next in his life. uh, Be that a new chapter or be that passing from this life into the next. He knew at the moment that he beheld the salvation of the Lord that he was ready. So Christmas is a time of preparation. I'm sure that most of you are involved in some type or form of preparation right now knowing that Christmas is just a few days away. Maybe you're finished. Maybe you're just getting started or you're somewhere in between. Secondly, we looked at the wise men as they traveled afar, and they came looking for the Christ child, and we discovered that Christmas is a time for seeking the Lord. And truly that is, that you know there are times in our lives where we more passionately and more fervently seek after the things of God, but we learn from the wise men that there's no distance too great, that there's no, uh, there's no obstacle too great, that we don't need to try to surmount and overcome in our effort to seek the Lord and to seek Him continually. So this week, we're going to concentrate on the fact from the experience of the shepherds, and of course, this is a little thread that runs through most of all of these narratives that we've been covering, but Christmas is, as we've already done this morning, a time for worship. Christmas is a time to worship the Lord. You know, we get caught up in the giving and the receiving of gifts and the exchange and some of all of the you know, the family gatherings and all of those things, and those things become what is important to us. But really, the primary purpose of Christmas in our minds and hearts should be to exalt the name of Jesus, for unto us a Savior is born. Amen? Absolutely. So if you've got your spot there in Luke chapter 2, I want you to begin reading with me at verse 8. And it says, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. And so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And then the shepherds returned glorifying And praising God for all the things that they had seen as it was told them. I want to point out to you just a few simple things this morning in relation to this story to to point to the fact that Christmas is a time for worship. Number one, I want to share with you that these shepherds welcomed the interruption. These shepherds welcome the interruption we see there in the opening verses. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields. And what were the shepherds doing? The shepherds were doing what shepherds do. They were watching sheep. In other words, they were about their daily routines. They were living their lives. They were going about their business. This, is, this part of this Christmas narrative opens with this group of shepherds doing what shepherds do. They watch sheep. They concerned themselves with the sheep's welfare. They kept them from dangers. They delivered them and rescued them from peril. They led them to places where they could be fed and thrive. And Luke says that they were in the same country watching over their flocks by night. Now, we might begin this story with some modern comparables. And we might say that they were in the same country Businessmen sitting in their offices slaving away. There were farmers out tending their crops. There were, in the same country, salespeople chasing down their leads. There were, in the same country, mothers giving care to their children. There were, in the same country, teachers studying their lessons. There were, in the same country, students striving for the straight A's. In other words, this is applicable. You may not be a shepherd. You may not live out in the field, praise God, by night. But you are a human being who is experiencing the rigors of daily life. You get up. We are creatures of habit. We do engage in the routine, don't we? We all have our routines. We'll cover the specifics here in just a minute, but the basic point I want you to see right now is that here are some people who are going about the routines of life. They're busy doing what they do, and they're blissfully unaware of what God is doing right under their noses. Can I just, if you're taking notes this morning, I want you to write this down. And that is this, that proximity does not always equal awareness. Proximity does not always equal awareness. Luke records that these shepherds were in the same country. They were close by, they were near, and they were living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. But can I tell you today that being close to what God is doing does not necessarily make us aware of what God is doing. You can be here in this service today. You could have participated in in the worship. You may even lifted your hands. But just because you're here in body doesn't mean you were here in spirit, doesn't mean that you were giving attention to what God was doing here in the midst of his people. I can illustrate this for you because there are people that come in and out of church services week after week month after month, year over year, and they leave every time unchallenged and unchanged. Proximity does not equal awareness. Let me show you the fullness of God's grace in this narrative, though. And that's this. As we've seen here, there are a group of people, the Bible identifies them as shepherds, and they're doing what shepherds do. And none of what they're doing would have kept God from doing what he was doing. But if they weren't willing to entertain the interruption in their lives, what they were doing would have kept them from realizing what God was doing. I want to say that to you one more time. What they were doing did not impede in any way God from doing what he was going to do but if they had not been willing to entertain the interruption that was brought into their lives if they hadn't been able to call a timeout and set aside the normal and the mundane and focus on the message that was being delivered to them what they were doing could have kept them from realizing what God was doing And in the busyness of this holiday season, I encourage you not to get so wrapped up in the here and the go and the bustle and the do and all this stuff that you miss what God is doing. This is not just a December message. This is a January message, a February, March, April, May, June, July message. We need not get so wrapped up in doing what we do that we can't be interrupted with the good news of what God is doing all around us. He didn't need their permission. He didn't need their awareness. It could have all went down just like it's recorded every place else in the the word of the Lord, and the shepherds need not be the wiser. But God in his grace interrupted their routines Said, hey, let me let you know what I'm up to. Aren't you glad for the day that the Lord interrupted your life? You, you were blissfully ignorant, just going through, and the Holy Spirit just knocked on your heart one day. Maybe He had knocked on your heart many, many times before, but until that moment, you'd been unwilling to entertain the interruption. But the day finally came when you stopped for just a minute and turned your attention aside to see what the Lord was trying to impart to you and glory filled your life. You see, the, aim, the, the shepherd stopped. Here's what, I, here's what I wonder. Here's what I wonder. If the shepherds hadn't stopped to listen to the one, would they have ever seen the multitude? And the multitude proclaimed glory to God in the highest? Sometimes I think we miss the glory because we're too busy to entertain the interruption. See, Christmas is about worshiping the Lord, but if we're going to get to a place where we're truly worshiping the Lord, we've got to welcome the interruptions in life sometimes. God's plan for salva- the salvation of the world would have been underway while the shepherds sat ignorantly in their fields watching their flocks. I want to tell you something today, church. God is doing things all around us, and if we're not careful, we can be so caught up in doing what we do, we can get so involved in our careers, our family, or even attending church or working for the kingdom that we just might be missing what He's doing all around us. And we need to be willing to entertain the interruption so that it can be made. We can be made aware of what God is doing we need to lay aside the tasks and the to-do list we need to lay aside the routines and the schedules and we need to pause for just a minute and not worry about what's not getting done long enough and invite the Holy Spirit to interrupt interrupt our routines so that he can make us aware of what God is doing all around us once they entertain the interruption They listened to the message. The word says here, then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Luke says that these angels interrupted these shepherds to bring a message. And I know you're you're writing in your notes right now, and you're going, Pastor was desperate for a blank or a point in his message this week because it's obvious. Have listened to the message, duh. Well, is it? Is it so obvious that they would have listened? I know it seems unlikely that they wouldn't have listened to this message, but it certainly was impossible that they wouldn't have heard it. But how many of you know that sometimes we can hear things but not listen? Sometimes I'm accused of being hard of hearing. My wife and my children say, honey, it's, it's slipping. <laughs> I want to tell you, I am not hard of hearing. I, at times, am very hard of listening. I kid you not. You, you ask, the other day, Pastor Jason came, and he said, hey, I want to tell you something. He started talking to me. He got about a minute and a half in. And I said, Pastor Jason, I am just as sorry as I can be. I heard you, but my mind was somewhere else and I was not listening. Would you please pardon me and repeat what you were trying to say? I don't have any problem hearing, but because my attention is over here and over there and somewhere out in the wild blue yonder, sometimes I have a hard time listening. It's not the hearing that troubles me, it's the listening. And sometimes that's our problem in the body of Christ. We've heard it all, right? We've heard it all, but are we listening to the message? Are we listening to what the Lord is saying? It's not my inability to hear that keeps me understanding from understanding what's said to me oftentimes. It's the distraction. It's the lack of attend, attention. I hear you talking, but I'm not listening. Sometimes I have to say, you know, I'm sorry. But to be honest, I, I just wasn't listening. I didn't, I didn't understand what you said. <laughs> didn't catch that. But they listened to this message. They were attentive to what the angel said, and the angel began and said, "Fear not." Fear not. When the angel saw they were greatly afraid, and maybe maybe today as you approach this Christmas season, there's something in your life about which you are greatly afraid. Maybe you have some pending appointments. Maybe you have some situations unfolding in your family. Maybe you've got some relational strains that you're facing, and right now you are greatly afraid. Can I tell you today that the same message is applicable for you that it was for the shepherds on that night? Fear not. Recorded in Scripture, there are 360 plus times that the Scripture admonishes us to fear not. There's one for every day of the year. There's a fear not in the Bible for every day of the year. Fear not. The angel spoke and said to them, fear not. And you may be thinking in your minds right now, well, that, that, you know, that, that's hard for me to make application of this angelic admonition to shepherds to fear not. Because I'm not afraid of some angel that's appeared to me. I'm afraid of situations around me. I'm going to tell you today that it doesn't matter what kind of fear it is. It's fear just the same. And we're going to move into that. How many of you love it that God doesn't make categorizations sometimes? Sin is sin. Fear is fear. Worry is worry. It doesn't matter how much of it you have or how little. It is what it is, and he's come to overcome it. Amen? He has come that you might overcome it. And he said, fear not, for I bring to you great joy. It's a message of great joy. You know, the shepherds were standing there in that moment. Good Lordy, I know that I'd have been standing there in that moment, and I'd have been thinking, this is the end for me. Right? I mean when the angel of the Lord appears to you and the glory of the Lord shone round about you, and you're just an old shepherd living out in the fields, it just might this just might be the end for me. You know what I'm saying? They, they didn't know what to think about this thing that was happening right in front of them, but the angel quickly assures them and says, hey, there's nothing to be afraid of. This is a message of great joy. A Savior has been born. A Savior has been born. We're not here to execute justice on you right now. We're here to pronounce grace and mercy over your lives right now. It's a message of great joy. When the angel said, do not be afraid. It wasn't just a word to calm the nerves of a, of a few nervous shepherds because they'd been rattled over an angelic appearance. It was part of the message. Listen to this. This is why I said that God doesn't categorize fear. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. Torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Can I tell you that perfect love is a baby lying in a manger for God so loved this world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus said, I am come that they would have life and have it more abundantly. Paul writes to the church at Rome and says, hey, this is what real love is. That even while you were yet sinners, God sent his son to die for you. That's love. That is love. And let me tell you something today. If we can welcome the interruption into our busy lives and our routines just long enough. To be reminded of the message and have that refreshed and stirred in our hearts again, we will recognize the love of God that has been poured out over our lives, and we will understand that we need not walk in fear, but we can rejoice with an exceeding great joy and be glad because a Savior is born. He's mocking. He's my Lord. He's my Savior. He has rescued me from the depth of my sin. He has delivered me from peril. He has lifted me out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock. And I will not be afraid because God is for me. It doesn't matter who is against me. There's no weapon formed against me that's going to prosper. It's part of the good news. It's part of the message. The angels came to proclaim that God had expressed perfect love and it was born and lying in a lowly cattle stall that night. There was no reason to fear. There was every reason to rejoice and that was because a Savior was born. And who did he deliver this message to? The shepherds. The lowest of the low. The poorest of the poor. I guess the only way to get any lower than a shepherd was to have been a leper. They were kind of like their own little subculture. Their own little subculture of stinky little people. Lived out in the field with the sheep. They slept with the sheep. They ate with the sheep. They lived with the sheep. They smelled like the sheep. And in God's great grace, he appeared to them and said, Fear not. Fear not. For I bring you good tidings of great joy. For born unto you this day in the city of David is a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And let me, but it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. Because the angel started at the lowest of the low and he said, this is a word for all the people. All the people. You remember John three sixteen. Whosoever will. Whosoever. It's a message for all. Jesus is yours today, church. And you have a reason to rejoice. Jesus is yours. And you have no reason to fear. Jesus is yours. And he's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be glorified. He's worthy to be worshipped. Which leads us to our third point, and that is that they worshipped the King. The word says, now when they had come, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were being told them by the shepherds of all people. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. And I know what you're thinking because you remember last week's message so vividly that in your mind right now you're going, well, Pastor, it expressly says that the wise men worshipped the king with their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It doesn't expressly say here that the shepherds worshipped. So why did you choose the shepherds for worship? And I'm so tickled that you asked. Because I'm sure that as they knelt before that little manger with the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and realized that Everything was just like the angelic messengers had declared to them, I'm sure that they worship the Lord. When they had gathered, as it were, in his house at that moment and were arrested with the realization of who he was, no doubt they worshiped him. But there's two things that I want to point out to you in this narrative that I think it would behoove the rest of the Christian church to do as far as it pertains to worshiping Jesus. And that is that they worshiped him with their witness. Everywhere they went, it says here that, let me me see where I am I. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. That means everybody they bumped into, they were excited about Jesus. They told them about Jesus. They were not ashamed of Jesus. But with the word of their testimony, with their conversation Outside of the church walls, they worshipped the king. Number two, they worshipped him with their walk. I like that this text specifically says, then, after their encounter with Christ, then, the shepherds returned. They, They went back to where they were. Praising God, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. Church, we need to have long term memory as it relates to the things that God has done for us. See, sometimes our our memory is a little bit, you know, it's a little short we come in the house of the Lord we are standing in his presence among his people we're moved by what we perceive he's doing in the moment and we worship him we praise him the tears run down our cheeks when these kids hit that transition between that first that last couple of songs there I almost ugly cried, I'm I'm going to be honest with you. But are we worshiping him as we return? See, they were going, what's being said here in the text, we started with it, is that they were about their daily routines. They were doing what shepherds do and to you businessmen, coaches, trainers, moms, teachers, nurses, pastors I want to ask you as you return as you go back into Monday morning as you Roll through the week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. As you have returned, are you continuing to glorify and praise God for what he's done in your lives? Let me just share it with you this way, and, and we'll hasten to a close. Because I want to be sure I give you plenty of time to eat a good meal and get back here this evening. some people look at church as being well i've got to go to church on sunday morning because i've got to get fueled up for the week ahead when i was a kid in, in grade school i had this one librarian and uh she was not exactly the kindest person to start with but sometimes on monday morning we would go in and you know being third, fourth grade kids as we were making a little noise and some Monday she would say y'all gonna have to cut this out I missed church yesterday and I didn't get my religion so y'all gonna have to be on your best behavior (laughs) what she was saying to us is "I I missed my opportunity for the week to go and get fueled up to get filled up But can I tell you that when we come together collectively in this setting like this, sure, we come to be edified, we come to be encouraged, we come to be built up. But more than that, when we gather together in this setting and we have our worship celebration, that ought to be more of an offering of praise in recognizing what God has been doing in our lives Monday through Saturday because we've been walking with him we've been talking with him we've been worshiping him as a matter of fact we we shouldn't come in here depleted we are to come in here about to overflow amen amen we we ought to come into this place it shouldn't take three songs for the worship team to get us primed When they hit the first chord, we are to be so ready to praise and worship Jesus that we pull it out of them, that they're so give out. By the time they finish, they don't know what to do. Christmas is a time to think back to the wonderful interruptions that we've experienced as believers, to reflect on the message that we've heard, unspeakable joy a savior has come and respond as the shepherds did with heartfelt worship that manifests itself not just in sunday morning activity at the church but in our daily lives through our witness and through our walk that as we return as we leave out of this place that we would glorify and praise the king of kings and the lord of lords amen Let me invite you to stand all over this congregation today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for being here with us this morning. Thank you for your attentiveness to the Word. I trust that you listened to the message. I'm fairly loud, so I have no doubt that you heard it. but I pray that you listened. You see, if we'll we'll listen to the Word, it makes a change in us. It transforms us from the inside out. It makes a difference in our lives. It challenges who we are and where we sense the Lord is leading us and what we feel He's calling us to become. I want to close this morning the same way we started, and that is to worship the Lord. Before we do that though, I want to ask you, every head bowed, every eye closed. And I want to offer you a simple opportunity. I'm not going to embarrass you. don't want to make a spectacle out of you. I just want to invite you to do what the shepherds did, to do what the wise men did, to do what Simeon did, and that is to behold the salvation of our Lord. And if you're in this place this morning and you would say, Pastor, would you pray with me? I want to make Jesus the Lord and King of my life. Won't you just slip a hand up wherever you are. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Would you pray with me this morning? God we love you we thank you for your mercy for your grace God we know that you're working all around us thank you for interrupting us Lord to make us aware of the things that you're doing that could possibly change our lives if we allow it if we'll just listen, if we'll just give heed to the message that's being declared in our hearts and our lives. God, thank you for such great grace. Father, I ask you today, Lord, that you would just open the eyes of all our hearts. Lord, as we become bogged down with the mundane and the routine help us to be sensitive to your voice help us to be sensitive to the prodding the nudging of your Holy Spirit God that that little unction that causes us to turn aside And see the bush that burns, that gives direction to our lives. That calls us on a wonderful and new journey. Help us, Lord, to welcome the interruptions, God, that would be the revelation of your glory. God, that we'd be willing to pause for a moment and listen to a word that would cause your glory to shine round about us. Father, we thank you today for the opportunity to serve and to worship you. Because God, we know, Lord, in this moment as we lift your name, as we sing your praise, God, that we are being ushered through the Spirit right into the holy place. And we know that that has been made possible only because you gave your only begotten Son To live and die for us. And we give you the praise. The glory and all the honor. And we bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. And all of God's people said. Amen. Would you worship the Lord with us this morning? We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly. Please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.